The Dave Nemo Show and Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo, traveled on-site to Columbus, Ohio for the 2023 National Truck Driving and National Step Van Championships, hosted by the American Trucking Associations. This is a special podcast series highlighting the people and happenings of NTDC 2023. Now let's take you to more of our coverage from NTDC 2023. Hey, it's Greg Thompson from Pod Wheels, and we wanted to make sure that we shared the conversation that Jimmy Mack, co-host of Dave Emo Weekends, had with Roland Bolduc and Tony Sparrow following NTDC 2023. Roland and Tony are living legends at the national championships, and this year, Roland won another national title in the sleeper berth class, and NTDC 2023 was also a milestone for Tony. And now here's Jimmy Mack's conversation with Roland and Tony. Tony Sparrow and Roland Bolduck join us this morning. We're always thrilled to have them both. 99 years old, man. Longevity runs in all of our veins, by the way. We'll start with you, Roland. How you doing this morning? Good to talk to you, man. Doing good, doing good. We were just talking about parents, and my mom's 99 years old, so longevity. Fantastic. And Tony, how you been? How you doing? And by the way, when do you shuffle off the trucking coil? When do you call it a day? I know you're beginning to kind of bring the truck in and get ready. I know you want to get out while the getting's good so that you still are able to kind of have real fun and have a whole great second act to make it to 99, 100, and 101. Yeah, well, the countdown is on. I have less than four months to go, and I'm going to retire from the trucking industry. There's a remarkable chance to get to talk to both you guys over the course of time at the NTDC over in Columbus, Ohio. Roland, we'll start with you with congratulations. I got so many pictures of you that, of course, a lot of your friends over at ATA sent me of you, like, on the track taking notes. Somebody actually sent me a picture of you taking notes, and just underneath they put the caption, Peak Roland. I was curious if you could talk about this year's competition, what it felt like. Did it feel like things were back to normal, that things were getting bigger and better? I mean, I just want to get a sense of what your feelings were and we'll ask the same question to tony he of course with abf and by the way roland tell us about who you work for and what it means to work for them and how they give you time to do this i'll tell you what fedex express one of the largest fedex being under their umbrella being one of the largest suppliers of drivers at the ntc yeah i work for fedex express out of hartford connecticut love my job love what i'm doing this year at the national truck driving championships it felt like old-school family room. It really did. As far as driving on the course, different story. A little too difficult. What I mean by that is I hate to demoralize drivers, and that's what this course did. I heard from many drivers that weren't happy, and some are like, what am I doing here? I was like, well, you won your state competition. This place is a little over the top difficult. Some of the lowest scores that I've seen. So as far as the course, yeah, extremely, extremely difficult. And in the sleeper birth class, there truly wasn't room on some of the obstacles that I had seen. But, hey, my scores prevailed, and I'm tickled pink to be where I am. And I think FedEx for all that support. I got to tell you, too, I got a chance to actually ride the course. I was given the option of driving it, and then they said they wouldn't let me back up, and I said I'd rather go with a pro, and then Wayne Crowder took me on it. And the moment we started it, Tony, I went, oh, my God, this course is rough. I mean, the moment Wayne began to take me through it, I went, holy moly, this is almost like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer got together and designed a golf course and said, good luck. Have a good time out there. Can you kind of talk about your impressions the same way Roland did, Tony? And we can talk about ABF a little bit if you'd like to as well. 
I've been with ABF 34 years, and just like FedEx supports Roland, ABF supports me and all the drivers that we do go. And I agree with Rolling. The course was a little demoralizing this year. I mean, we got guys 30, 35 accident-free years scoring really low on the course. I've even talked to some of the rookies that were there this year, and they were like, why would I even want to come back to this if I can't score good at this level? But the course was tight. They have some rules in effect this year that ding some drivers some points. Like Roland said, though, the scores prevailed, and I'm tickle pink for Roland and for another Connecticut driver, John Green from FedEx Freight, who took first place. Yeah, and there's a real Connecticut connection here. I want to get to that in a second. But you talk about the idea. We can actually make this really positive now in regards to the difficulty of the course. One of the things that happens, Roland, that's really cool is that all of you guys, even during the competition, while being incredibly competitive, you guys actually talk it through. You actually are not looking to kind of undermine people. It's really about sharing best practices, sharing information. So for the rookies, I can imagine as difficult as it was to have guys like you and Tony tell them, hey, look, we are all think this is kind of really difficult as opposed to them thinking like i'm a failure here they can see people with really long time experience at the competitions like yourself and be able to talk to you and get reassured that this is as hard for everybody as it is for you that you're not alone that you're not messing up you have won your state even you telling people that you've won your state championship you're here for a reason that old school feeling you talked about, the idea of people sitting down and exchanging ideas, that really is what allows people to come back knowing they're going to see their friends again, right? Yeah, like I always say, it is family reunion. And I always tell the rookies, welcome to the family. I've had drivers tell me it's such a warm feeling when you say that. And I tell them I'm just speaking from the heart because you will get used to the people. When you come back, see people that you've seen before, you get used to them, and you want to see them again and again and again. So it truly gets you involved in the program. You might be a little demoralized if you didn't score too well. You'll put it behind you and you'll move forward because that's what we do. We also pay it forward. So when we get home, we try to get more rookies and get more involved. Joined by Tony Sparrow and Roland Bolduck, by the way. And we're actually doing kind of a little post-mortem of the NTDC. I was actually curious. So many people that I talked to over the week were not just people who were competitors or people who were involved in the planning of it, but many of them were volunteers of previous, but they had retired and they simply were giving their time. Do you see yourself as you move forward giving of your time and helping out with the event? Most definitely. I'll never give this up. As long as I can walk and talk and be physically capable, I will be helping at the state and national level. That's fantastic. It's my time to pay it forward now. That's really great. I want to talk about Connecticut for a second because I always feel like we don't talk about the origin stories or the points of where people kind of come from. Roland, I would love it if you could just kind of give a shout out to your state and tell people why it's a great place and why you love living there, if they have any thoughts about that as well. Well, first of all, you said you hope we call you friend. We can't do that. You've been to the NTDC. We call you family. Thank you. You're just part of the family now. Connecticut? Yeah, not much to see here. Before I went to the Nationals, I had some of the best lobster in my life over down at Fords. I'll be down at Abbott's later on this weekend. We're going sailing in the Long Island Sound. Hopefully do a little fishing, catch some stripers, some of the best fish you can eat. Yeah, not much to see here in the beautiful state of <laughs> Tony, your thoughts on Connecticut? I lived here my whole life. I mean, it is home to me. I agree with Roland. we got the best lobster around. We might even beat Maine, but that's for the lobster men to fight that one out but yeah i got some good fishing some good hunting in the fall it's home this is where family is and you're part of our family like roland said 
So, Tony, I wanted to ask you, since you're planning on doing other things in the next coming years, for a long time, as a matter of fact, given the longevity possibilities, I'm banking on it, too, because both my parents are starting to get up there and still in pretty darn good health. I was wondering what plans you had other than spending time with those grandchildren. I plan on spending as much time as I can with my grandchildren. I mean, my grandson will be going to school soon, so hopefully I'll be able to bring them to school, pick them up from school, hang out with them. My granddaughter's a little bit younger, but when they get of age, I'm hoping I'll be able to do the same for them. And all of a sudden, I have McDonald's money, so I can take them for McDonald's for lunch. <laughs> I didn't have the McDonald's money when my kids were growing up, but I got it for my grandkids. That's a really great point. I was thinking about this, Roland, and we were talking about this. I have a feeling we all were raised by people for whom McDonald's was a treat. And it's really funny because you kind of meet these parents who kind of carry that forward to this day and these grandparents where McDonald's isn't an ongoing dietary measure. It's actually something you do for fun, that you actually take people there occasionally as opposed to always kind of bringing them there as a default position. All right, I want to get back to the NTDC here really quickly, though. Roland, we've talked about this before, and I want to get Tony's thoughts on this as well. This is as much about safety as it is about competition. And I was going to ask you both this question. How has your ability to be safe on the road? Because both of you are unique drivers in the sense that you both actually go great distances, but you also are very, very accustomed to driving in really tight spots in urban areas as well, if I remember my histories correctly here. Can you talk about how the event, Roland, makes you a safer driver and why you encourage people, even if you don't win your state, that it's important? to get involved in this because it makes you a better driver? The practice that we do getting ready for the state competition, hoping to get your ticket punched to go to the national is absolutely amazing. What we're doing and what we're learning as far as the dimensions of your vehicle, where the tires are, where the back of the vehicle is, front of the vehicle, you really get a sense of when you sit in that seat, that vehicle fits you like a glove. It's not strange to you when you get into a tight location, but you know what to do. You know how to back up. It really helps day-to-day out on the road. As far as safety, back in 2006, they started introducing the step-in category at the National and they wanted to make it permanent. And I was a huge supporter of that. A lot of people said those aren't real trucks. But the way I looked at it is the more people involved in this program, the more people are going to take their safety very personal to where they don't even want to scratch the vehicle because then they'd be out of the competition. And that's what has happened in the step-in category is we've got more and more people involved throughout the entire United States. They're driving safely. That's what counts, safety on our roads. Really quickly, as a follow-up to that, I can't help but notice I've gotten those pictures, but I also saw you doing it. You're a big note-taker when you're looking at courses, when you're looking at problems, you're looking at things in advance. Do you find yourself doing that in the real world, having that notebook out when you're having to do certain things? Has the taking of the notes been something you did in the real world and then brought to the competition, or have you brought it out of the competition into your everyday driving? Taking of the notes, my everyday driving, I mean, like Tony, I'm born and raised in the state of Connecticut. I've delivered to, I think, every town in this state. That's another thing that fits like a glove. I really don't take many notes out on the road in this area or Massachusetts. We do quite a bit up there. But on the course itself, what I'm looking for is what is the course telling me? What can I find on that course that's going to help me navigate that course? When I get to a certain location I'm not familiar with, I'll get out and make my mental notes. I'll get out and look before I back, and that's what helps tremendously. 
ABF's Tony Sparrow. I wanted to ask you this question, and Roland, you can answer it too after Tony's done. I'm always curious, given y'all's level of experience here, at some point somebody needs to think about this and tell me if we combine the number of years you both have been there, what the total number is. I was curious, Tony, has there been anything in regards to something you've learned from a fellow driver, from one of your family members, as it were, while you're there at the competition that you have then incorporated on the road to great success? Probably knowing where your trailer wheels are set, like Roland said earlier, the tracking of your trailer, the off-tracking when you're going around a tight turn, where the right front steer tire is or the right front corner that you can't see over the hood. I mean, you learn to pick up on things like these from the years of experience that you have driving, and you kind of have that feel for where it is. I was curious, Roland, if there was a moment, and I can actually expand the question. Tony, you can come back with an answer on this, too. Present company excluded. I know you guys think that each one of you is the second best driver you ever saw. Has there ever been anybody that you've seen, Roland, that just took your breath away on one of those courses where you were just like, my God, that human being can really handle a piece of machinery? I mean, of course, they're all at a high level, but where somebody really just left you kind of going, wow. Well, first of all, Tony is the number two driver that I can't respect anymore. I mean, he's phenomenal at what I've done. The number one driver is my dad. My dad showed me everything. And Tony's father was also a truck driver. So that's where we learned everything. It's in the bloodline. But somebody at the Nationals, I wish I had his name. It was in Salt Lake City, 2004. In the sleeper category, there was a parallel park. And it was the size of the trailer, not the vehicle, size of the trailer plus four feet. Somebody came in and sleeper, snaked the trailer into that opening a little bit, pulled back out, and then turned the wheel hard right in a weird configuration. Turned the wheel hard left and backed up in one swift motion and put the trailer in perfectly and scored on it. I've never seen anything like it, never seen anything like it since. Yeah, I wish I had that person's name. We're going to go bother Eugene Malero. He'll probably be able to figure it out for us. He lives for this kind of stuff. <laughs> Tony, is there anybody you can think of or any moment you can think of in all the time you spent? That's a lot of history, guys. But is there any moment where you just kind of went, wow? When I first started, my father helped me and all. But as far as the competitions go, it was 2000 in New Orleans, Louisiana. And a good friend of mine that works for ADF, he's retired now, John Hazlitt from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On the preliminaries, he rolled a 295 on the course, and I watched him navigate that three-axle into these little tight spots. The three-axle is a little smaller trailer, so it reacts a lot differently. It takes a lot longer to straighten it up. And then when he made it to the finals, he drove a 290. So in two runs in two days, he almost had perfect scores, and I'm like, wow, am I ever going to be able to be like that? It was pretty amazing, and John is a good friend of mine, and he is my mentor from when I first started doing this competition. I want to talk about that for a second. I know we talked about this last time, but I think it's a good place to kind of wrap this up because one of the things that's really wonderful about my job is not only do we have a lot of people who have experience, and I've always made the joke that if somebody's listening on SiriusXM, either their carrier thinks enough of them to give them the amenity in the truck or they're an owner-operator who actually has purchased it for themselves and they want to stay in touch. We get a lot of young people who have finally either gotten themselves of the fleet that provides it or have started under their own flag, as it were, and don't know about this stuff. And just to kind of give them a sense, you guys make it really clear that you guys are all welcome, especially with the rookies. Roland, how did you get started really quickly and then make a point of encouraging people who haven't been involved yet but are great drivers to get involved with this? 
Yeah, the state competition came around. I worked for Monarch Food Service back then. And the transportation manager said, who wants to do this? I said, man, I'd love to. And at the time, I was the only income in the household. And I said, who pays the entry fee? Because you do. Okay, I guess I'm going to sit out. <laughs> so I then started working for FedEx not long after that. And a manager came up to me about a year or two later and said, hey, would you like to do this? I said, man, I'd love to, but who pays the entry fee? And he said, we do. I said, I'm in. And I came in ninth that year. And the following year, Tony and I both went to the Nationals. And we've been following each other to the Nationals ever since. Fantastic. Tony, yourself, yeah. can you give us the same story? It was probably 1984, and I have a brother-in-law that worked for Valerie Transportation in all Connecticut, and he got into the truck driving championships. Back then, they called it the truck rodeo, and I never even heard of that before. And it was in Milford, Connecticut, so me and my then-girlfriend, we went over there to watch, and I'm like, wow, I'd really love to get into this someday. And it took me a few years later, about 12 more years, but I finally got into it, and it was pretty cool just watching them way back in the day doing this stuff. One of the kind of amazing things I found when I was there was that there were people I talked to who were already planning next year's event. It's an ongoing thing. And I know, Tony, you're going to be approaching this from a different angle next year. I was wondering what you were hoping to do in regards to being involved. I mean, I know you're the kind of guy that is happy to be there and be supportive and do whatever they ask of you. But is there anything maybe you've got your eye on that you want to help out with that you feel like you can make a difference at the NTDC next year? I wouldn't mind maybe being an equipment handler or being a judge on the course. I would probably rather like to be a judge on the course because I know the handling characteristics of the truck. I know how to score the problems and just probably be a judge on the course is what I'd like to do. And Roland, I hate to ask you this question because i got a feeling the answer is to infinity and beyond. Do you have any plans to call it a day like Tony? How long do you think you got? I'm just asking. You could be forever, could be never. Well, I'm nowhere near as old as Tony. <laughs> By the way, Tony, you got a real friend here. Second best driver you ever saw and nowhere near as old. Fantastic friend here. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm six months older than Tony. Fantastic. Uh, yes. I think I've got about five or six more years in me. I'm 60 years old now. I'm having fun with what I'm doing. We actually had somebody retire at 55, and I heard that he made a statement saying, I retired way too young. Thanks for spending part of your day with Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo's coverage of NTDC 2023. Check back with us on podwheels.com for more of our podcast features as we work to take you inside the championship event. You can also keep up with all the episodes of this special event series by subscribing to this podcast. Just search National Truck Driving Championships and hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.